Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lewis, speaking to you after Toronto Raptors. Take down the Washington Wizards by a score of 134 to 98 to finish preseason 4 0. And uh, yeah, I know preseason means nothing, but I, I, I feel like we should have come out with something at least because they just. They just demolished the Wizards tonight. It was such an impressive performance uh, by the squad. I mean, the only thing that you could really even say is that, okay, they started out slow. Um, They were down, what, 14 to 5 after, you know, the first five minutes and Darko had to call the timeout. But for the remainder of the game, you know, they were, what, down 9? I mean, the rest of the way, they smacked the Wizards by, like, 40-plus the rest of the way. And it was like, even by the end of the first quarter, the Raptors were already up 31 to 24. Guys were coming in and bringing tremendous energy. I think the leading contributor there was Scotty Barnes, who was everywhere on the floor. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that he had to leave the game with a sprained right foot. Uh, it was kind of on a nothing play, just coming off a screen around Precious. And I think he was just trying to change directions. And he twisted his foot. Uh, tried to take a couple, tried to take the foul to stop the play, uh, but unfortunately that didn't really happen. Um, and he was he was forced to leave the game. But in 25 minutes, Scotty Barnes was awesome, and it's not even just the box score numbers; it was the energy that he was coming out with. Man, it was just amazing to see him get on the offensive glass, him push the break, him knocking down threes. I mean, what he was uh, three of six from three, uh, but he made three straight at one point, two from the corners, and then one from the top. That was all in the first half as the Raptors were pulling away there. Uh, what else did we see? Him rolling to the basket as a, you know, playing some small ball five. Um, saw him blocking threes, blocked, you know, Denny Abdia for three, um, you know, end to end layup, blocking another three, you know, offensive rebounds, uh, you know, three straight layups to open up the second half, a putback with the defender in the, in the way he just went over the top of them. He just did everything. And he's been excellent. And and I think on both ends of the floor, he's showing that leadership. He's showing that energy. Um, he's showing the aggressiveness. It's like exactly what you wanted to see across the board. I mean, the only thing, again, is just he twisted his foot and really hope he's okay. He went to the locker room and he did not come back out. Uh, he was ruled out for the remainder of the game. I mean, he was able to walk out under his own power, but who knows? I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of have to hold your breath a little bit. But if this is a sneak peek of the Scotty Barnes we're about to see for this upcoming season, for the whole season, I mean, wow, like this is I could really get used to this. I think we can all really get used to this because it's such a refreshing approach to what he is doing. I mean, his energy was just, you know, it's just incredible. And I think especially when you think about leading the team and things like that, I mean, there's other things you can do to lead the team and and all that kind of stuff. But on a basic level, you know, sometimes you're just led by whoever is getting the most energy out there, driving and putting the most into the game to try to get the result. And for me, like, Scotty was showing the type of energy that, um, you know, you saw in previous years from, you know, the star players who were the, the lead of this group. You know, I mean, um, it's not to say other guys didn't play well. Other guys did play well. We saw several three-point blocks. We saw that's just a lot of blocks in general, 10 blocks for the Raptors, uh, t- a ton of blocks at the rim. McDaniels had one. Pascal had a two-handed block. Um, OG had some three-point blocks at the, at the three-point line. Jakob came over with a pair of hellside blocks at the rim. Precious with some blocks. But just in general, the guy with the energy who set the tone was Scotty, especially when the Raptors started the game slowly. Uh, once some substitutions were made, Scotty was able to really get them going. And, you know, I, I think, honestly, you could look at some of the lineup changes and things like that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that the starting group hasn't necessarily, like, blown anybody away, even in preseason. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I do see 
Yak and Dennis getting more and more up to speed as the sort of the season goes along, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially when we see some of the starters come out and it's more featuring Scotty, where he's in the small ball five role, or uh, it's just that there's like less, you know, starters out there. And so, you know, you have to be a little bit more involved. Um, he's been excellent. And I, I can't, I can't say enough about sort of how well he played tonight. I mean, it was just, it was exhilarating. I think that's the feeling that I'm trying to articulate. It was exhilarating. I think the three point shooting, obviously is something that's going to be really nice. Um, you know, it, it's, it is necessary long-term for sure, but um, it would be great, especially if the long-term happens right now. And, and, you know, even just watching his shot, it looks smoother. It's still more of a set shot, but I still leave him open. You know, I'm not expecting him to pull up for three across pick and roll and all that kind of stuff. But with catch and shoots, you know, the Raptors have done a really good job relocating. You saw today just how many threes the Raptors were able to get off from the corner from a variety of shooters. I mean, the Raptors got up, what, 43-point attempts, making 16. So that's 40%. Great mark. Uh, but they got it from a variety of sources. I mean, you got Grady taking five threes. You got Malachi taking five threes. You got McDaniels taking four. Precious taking three. You know, Scotty taking six, which actually leads the team. Uh, Pascal taking three. OG taking five. Like, Dennis taking three. Like, it's across the board. And what that tells you is it's really good ball movement. And it's consistent when you look at the shot chart. So many shots into the corners. When you hear Darko in his press conferences, he's always talking about sort of how are we spacing. Not just like how good is our spacing, but in, in terms of like are the guys knocking it down. But are you in the right spots? You know what I mean? And the Raptors are definitely stretching it out to those deep corners. You know, and, and they're making sure to reverse the ball, swing the ball, and get good looks. And, and that was throughout the, all the roster. First unit, second unit, third unit. All did that consistently, you know, so that was just fun to watch. But, yeah, Scotty was there. Um, it was strange seeing the start of the game, how involved OG was. I think that kind of contributed to the sluggish start where the Raptors just uh, didn't get off to a great uh, mood. It was definitely a game plan to, like, attack Jordan Poole. Um, and they had OG um, both defensively attack Jordan Poole, which led to Jordan Poole. Get this, Jordan Poole off a 41-point game, 1 for 15. 1 for 15 for Jordan Poole after a 41-point game. But guess what? He wasn't playing OG Anobi, and he wasn't playing the rest of the Raptors in that game. And it's not just like a 1 for 15, oh, he missed some open shots. No, man. OG was harassing this guy, blocking in threes, forcing him to take, like, wild contested ones. I mean, he probably would have taken those anyways. He doesn't necessarily need much of an invitation to chuck. But the way OG was guarding was wild. But on offense, the start of the game, it felt like they were going to OG, and they were, like, clearing out almost like, okay, attack the mismatch. Because that's what, you know, the pool is the weakest defender in our starting group, unless you want to go with Trey Jones. Um, but you do want to attack pool, and OG obviously has a size advantage. But it was kind of last year's attack to mismatch, you know, like more static. OG getting the ball and taking a mid-range pull-up. OG getting the ball in the post, trying to spin and knocking over pool and getting the charge called. Just that clumsiness, you know, there's just like some missed open threes. Just didn't look that natural. However, as the game went on, as the game flowed, the Raptors were able to attack the mismatches in a more organic and, and, and more sort of inclusive way where guys are able to get out in the fast break and, and really score in that way or like guys are able to cut really well and, and get to the basket. Um, and even, even for OG, like his, his role is not to give him the ball clear out. His role is to, you know, drive, collapse the paint, kick out to OG and hope he knocks down the three and he was two or five from three today or get out and transition a couple of times. So, you know, I think they just did a better job overall of using their size and length. I mean, that's the big thing when you look at games like against the Wizards. And it's not just going to be the Wizards. There's going to be other teams. But when you look across the board, like, you know, just size-wise, right? You go Daniel Gafford versus Yaka Pirtle. Yaka is a true seven-footer. Gafford's probably more of a 6'10 kind of guy. Gafford's more athletic. But still, Yaka got a size advantage, right? Their uh, power forward is Denny Advia. 
whether you want to say Pascal's a power forward or OG's a power forward, Scotty's a power forward, all three of those guys are bigger than Denny, right? After that is Bilal Koulibaly, who does have good length, you know, caught Pascal with a block to start the game. That was kind of exciting. He does have some great defensive upside. But we're talking about a 6'6 guard with some long arms. Like, again, whichever one of OG, Pascal, or Scotty, all bigger than him. At that point, it's like Jordan Poole, much smaller than one of the Raptors' wings, and then Schroeder and Trey Jones are like, or Tyus Jones, sorry, are, are the same size, right? So they're going to have the size advantage across the board. And even when they went to the bench, it was even more clear. Like the Wizards brought a bunch of like, shooters coming off the bench. You know, it was like Gallo coming off the bench or like uh, Mike Mascala. Um, you know, who did they bring off the bench here? Now, Corey Kispert, who actually had a poster dunk on Otto Porter, which got the bench riled up for the Wizards and they took a tech. But um, the Raptors just smacked them by 40 from that point onward. So there wasn't that much else to celebrate. But, like, those are the kind of guys they're bringing out the bench. Shooters, you know, older guys, stuff like that. Raptors, athletes off the bench, just night and day. Like, Jaden McDaniels would, like, probably be the best or the second best athlete off the Wizards bench. Um, and, yeah, he comes in and he's flying around and he's blocking shots and he's rebounding. He's getting on transition. He didn't even finish that well today, but, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, he's just all over the court. And Precious coming into the game as a backup center, his mobility was just, you know, really able to to exploit the gaps, you know, shoot, you know, cut to the basket. And, and Precious, I got to hand it to him. There's one or two plays where he tried to ISO and tack, but a lot of the times he was playing within that offense. And Darko's been talking about putting him in the post. And, you know, we haven't seen it yet just because he's been injured for all the preseason games. But he comes in today and I thought he made some good reads defensively or offensively, you know, giving the ball up. And. You know, when I say that, that should really ring a bell because Precious has really struggled with that in his tenure with the Raptors. He's shown a lot of good things. He's been a decent finisher to good finisher when his three's dropping. Um, been a really great defender, really great rebounder. But in that playmaking role, how to play team offense, how to play sort of within that context, um, he thought he did a great job of that today, um, making the right reads. Um, you know, even when the Raptors bring in Otto Porter, like Otto's pretty old and like, you know, watching him go up against Gallinari, like, Definitely felt like this was, um, you know, some sort of game from, you know, 2012 or something. But, like, um, you know, even even him coming in with some size, rebounding the ball, you know, making a couple contests. He had back-to-back stops in the second quarter as well. Chris Boucher, obviously, way more athletic than pretty much everybody off their bench. Like, we're just talking about wave after wave after wave. Even Grady coming off the bench is like, was actually making quite a bit of hustle plays and got off two offensive rebounds. Like, there is just that is the advantage for the Raptors. And of course, it's going to look great when the Raptors hit threes, but it looks great today because they played basketball well in every facet, you know, and everybody really knew their roles. I wouldn't even say this was even that good of a game from Pascal. I mean, but still a bad game from Pascal it was like 19, eight and three with like, you know, seven of 16 shooting gets the foul line seven times. Um, the only reason I said it was kind of a bad game because I felt like he kind of got caught defensively sagging off of Denny Abdea too many times. Maybe the Raptors' game plan was to shade off against Jordan Poole and try to cover him. And so that did lead to guys getting open on the wing sort of one pass away. But I also think that that could be somewhat uh, a remnant of last year's defensive instincts, right? Pascal's been playing under Nick Nurse for the bulk of his career. And that's what Nick used to always have everybody doing, like sag off and, and sort of rotate over to the nail and provide nail help. And if you're going to do that, you're probably going to lift off of some of your men, especially on the top of the floor. And maybe, again, you live with those because that's a less efficient three than a corner three. But he did get laid in a couple of those. He did miss a couple of finishes. But even that, Pascal still had 19 points in 26 minutes on very efficient scoring and rebounded the ball well and did a lot of great things and set up his teammates quite a bit. So, you know, there's, there's nothing really there to even look at. Like, you know, yeah, coming back from... Um, 
being sick. I mean, yak is yak. Like, I wasn't really expecting anything else. I think probably him and Dennis both got off to a bit of a sluggish start. But as the game went on, you know, they just kept sort of um, finding ways to contribute. Yak, again, with two help side blocks and rotating where, like, Yak is not typically a guy who, like, skies above the rim and swats a guy. You know, he's more of a verticality. He, I mean, not to say he's not athletic. He is. Um, but you just typically don't see Yak, like, rotate flying across the lane and blocking a guy and then falling over and stuff like that because he's so high up and he's, he's moving so fast. That's what, That was Yak today. He stuffed Jordan Poole a couple times at the basket. So that level of help was there for the Raptors um, against the, the Wizards' best score. Again, like, the guy had a 41-point game, and the next game the Raptors home to 1 of 15. Like, I don't care if it's preseason. That's impressive on any level. You know what I mean? And then Dennis, too. You know, I think, I think for Dennis, like, there's a couple opportunities where he's not finishing that well. Um, there's a lot of times where whether you call it Raptor spacing or maybe even just he's picking the wrong angles or maybe it's just a small sample and he's not getting the touch to drop. But, you know, overall, he can be better than this. But, you know, he's stretching to the basket. He's using his burst to get to the basket. and He's missing some of the, the little, like, extended range layups. Like, they're not point-blank layups where you're, like, right at the basket and whatever. It's sort of like a finger roll from five feet away and you're kind of stretching into the finish and you're going fast. Obviously, your touch is going to be more effective in that way. But I think for Dennis, the one thing is he, he's so quick that he's able to get into the paint. And even though he's not like the most efficient finisher, like as I'm, as I'm talking about, your instincts just kick in. It's like, oh, my God, a, guy, a guy's in the paint. I got to rotate over. And, and he just finds these little gaps to slip it out, to like kick it out, bounce pass, slide it over to his man. There's one play where he like just like drove in the middle of the floor, waited for the defense to overreact. And the defense was actually a little bit late rotating over to him. And as soon as that happened, he shoved it over to Jakob, who was standing right beside him for a little like five-foot push. And it's like such a simple, obvious play. But that's the thing. Dennis just gets into those spots. In transition, he's pushing it well. Maybe 11 assists tonight in 23 minutes. 11 assists in 23 minutes like and it's not even like he had the ball that much he was just had a hit or he just ran the offense normal obviously guys are doing well in this game lots of mismatches to feed but he did great um i thought yeah when the bench came in i, I continue to be impressed by mcdaniel's ability to just sort of slot in and fit in um his length is is definitely a factor defensively there's one play where the the, the wizards were running a pick and roll one side of the floor and the raptors sort of overcommitted and they had mcdaniel sort of covering both the wing on the opposite side and also the corner shooter and the Wizards slung a pass across the court. And I thought for sure that the corner shooter was going to be open. But McDaniels just like slides over a little bit and then uses his gigantic wingspan and it kind of tips out the pass. That's not anywhere in this box score. I don't even know if the Wizards scored right after that. But that is really, really great defensive ability. And I know somebody for the Raptors is definitely going to be tracking all the deflections because that's what Darko keeps talking about. This game, the Raptors deflection-wise, definitely were energy that was off the charts. And, of course, I think it was nice to see, you know, guys returning from injuries, right? Like Precious Achua coming in, and I already talked about him, but, you know, uh, was able to play a more balanced game. Um, you know, again, there's going to be some moments where, yeah, he's going to try to attack, and he's going to, you know, whatever. You know, like first first play of the game, he subbed in. He was actually the first sub um, off Darko's bench. Uh, and then the first play, he allows an offensive rebound and then doesn't contest, uh, I think, Advia on the putback. And, uh, you know, that led to Darko calling the timeout. It was 14-5 at that point. But from that point onwards, man, he did a really great job, worked a couple of great dribble handoffs, got to the basket, got, you know, um, you know, drew a couple of fouls, used his speed. Again, these dribble handoffs, he's not just like taking the dribble handoff, but also he has the option sometimes to keep and turn and attack. And I think that's the the difference between him and a guy like uh, 
Yak, for example, Yak will rarely ever do that. But Precious does have the ability with the quickness, and especially if he's able to make that read, and especially if his man is uh, sagging off of him, he has much more freedom to attack. And at that point, when you're talking about he's working that dribble handoff action and instead doesn't hand it off and instead decides to keep an attack, well, he's already at the elbow area. So instead of Precious, what he, you know, you see where he gets into trouble, where he's on the three-point line and he's trying to break down his man and use his handle and maybe get past the guy and, and you know, that can get loose or he, the ball can get sticky in his hands. When you're already at the elbow, you take one, two dribbles at most, you're probably going to the basket or you're swinging it back out. And I thought Precious did a good job of finding that balance. Shouts to Blake Murphy for crashing the, the, the pod. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, you know, there was just so many opportunities where I thought that, uh, you know, his speed and his, his, his athleticism really, really fit in nicely with that second unit. A um, couple times we were able to switch, too. I think that's the thing for, for, for Darko is that we haven't seen as much defensive creativity. But I think the defensive principles have been more solid. The Raptors tonight, when you look at the game, like, watch some of the blocks, man. The Raptors blocked at least three threes. Um, and then also took uh, had a bunch of blocks right at the basket. And even in isolation, guys were getting blocked. Precious had, you know, switched on a Jordan Poole one-on-one. And most centers wouldn't be able to guard Jordan Poole one-on-one, or at least not be able to guard him in the sense that you're able to swat his jumper. But that's what, you know, Precious is able to do. He's got that fleet, uh, foot, and also he's obviously incredibly athletic. I've, I've called him this, this, the best athlete on the team. Honestly, this version of Scotty definitely is better. Uh, but damn, like these two are, are definitely one, you know, 1A, 1B. But, like, yeah, like, that's the ability Precious has. So I was very happy to see him come in and, and contribute. Um, happy to see Otto Porter. I mean, damn, I haven't seen him play for the Raptors, you know, since November of last year. And I know that uh, the toe injury definitely, you know, cost them, obviously, the, the rest of the year. I also think that the Raptors got to be very smart. Hearing Darko talk about it before the game, they're definitely going to be managing Otto's minutes, and that's very important. Again, you cannot play this man on back-to-backs. So you have to really treat him you know, and well, and, and not just treat him well. I mean, you got to treat everyone well, but like you got to, you know, again, adhere to the fact that he's older and obviously has an injury history, right? But you keep him healthy and you make these concessions because of the fact that when you do play him, he's actually quite productive. Like, I didn't even think he was like doing that much special today. You know, he didn't knock down the three, um, but, you know, he, he got a got a layup to fall, got fouled around the basket um, and made a couple of stops. I mean, unfortunately, he got dunked on by Corey Kispert, but honestly, who was expecting Corey Kispert to like take off from like the dotted circle and like dunk on a guy in full on transition. Like I thought Otto was just like, all right, if I slide over and rotate, I'm bigger than this guy. He's probably not going to do anything like, okay, that was bad. But like the next, the same, like the next like two, three minutes, Otto made two plays to, to, to get stops where he was rotating on the basket. So I thought he came in and did a decent job. I mean, we're not expecting him to display that many minutes, but he's solid. You can throw him into the game and especially the more and more he gets comfortable too. I think he's still, Looks a little slow. Maybe that's just what he is now, you know, whatever. But I think there is still a little more productivity. The only issue with Otto is that he's never healthy. But when he is healthy, he actually is a good player. So, you know, he was in there and and he was able to contribute. I think that cut down on Chris Boucher's minutes, for example. Um, But, hey, listen, like having more options is a good thing, right? And for the young guys, um, you know, Grady Dick, man, I mean, obviously a huge crowd favorite already. But, I mean, we finally, you know, found – the shooter who can come into the game and, and A, is not willing to, or not, not turning down threes for sure, but also, you know, he's been great. Like, he actually has been great. Like, today, for example, first play of the game where he's in the game, uh, the ball swings to him in the corner. He up fakes, lifts his defender, drives baseline, and finds a kickout uh, wide open for three. Unfortunately, McDaniels missed a three, but that's a great read. And again, that all comes about because of, you know, how great he's reading the game. He's moving. There's definitely a lot of conversation in the last couple of days about Grady being, you know, a little too quick 
overreacting to the game or like, you know, he, you know, Darko's line was he got to slow himself down before the game slows down for him. That's an example of that, right? When you see the closeout coming towards you, obviously you have the option to shoot it. You have the option to swing it, or you can do what most sh- like shooters should kind of look to do in that scenario where a guy's while trying to wildly close out at you, you pump fake, you get, you get them to fully commit to that closeout, leave their feet and then make a play off the dribble. And I think Grady's done a good job of making split second decisions quickly. Sometimes he get caught in that. They had a turnover today. That was just a terrible one. But in general, he is looking to make a quick play every single time. And then, you know, and the rest of the stuff. I mean, um, you know, I remember Bobby talking about this at the time of the draft. Um, but, like, they believe, the Raptors believe that Grady has a little bit more to his game than just a three-point shooting, right? Like, cause just a regular three-point shooter is not getting in there and also winning these tap-outs for offensive rebounds. And he's had a real knack for it. I think he's had one every single game now. But he had two today. Both were, you know, just instances where he read the play well and he was able to, to sort of, like, you know, create extra possessions there, crashing from the wing. Um, you know, he, he's been able to make these nice reads as well. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think that his three obviously is something that's is, is really important, right? right? That obviously nothing is more important than him actually making shots. And they would knock down a corner three in the first half. Second half, check into the game. Uh, Malachi is pushing in transition. You know, Dick you know, runs the lane and, and, and or, or fills the, the wing, and he's able to you know, catch and shoot from three again. Another dribble handoff. I don't know with who, but Grady wasn't even that separated from his man, but he was confident, went straight up with it, off the dribble handoff, and just like, that's a hard, that's a really, really hard play to execute, but also it's a hard play to defend. Because if you get close to him, there's a real chance you really do foul him. Because again, you have, a, you have to navigate a screen while also contesting a shot and also not landing in the landing area. That's so many things to manage. And if a shooter is actually that dangerous, you're going to draw tons and tons of points and also fouls in that kind of play. And that's something that, for example, Gary still doesn't do that well. And Gary's been in the league four or five years now, but... Grady instantly was able to come in and, and make a play like that. Another play where um, I think Javon Freeman-Liberty was able to rebound the ball, uh, and he's, he's had a good knack of that. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Grady was able to – I watched them. On, on, so he was first in pursuit of the rebound, then saw that Javon was going to win the rebound, and he was in better position. And then Grady continued his cut along the baseline, then went from the corner to the wing, and that allowed him to, A, get into JFL's sideline, but also get himself open for the three on the kickout. And so he made four threes tonight, um, you know, did decently. Again, defensively, that's where it's going to be a bit of a struggle. You know, DeLon had him fully turn around on, like, a little, like, hezzy, and then, like, you know, he, it was just a really nice move. DeLon's a very crafty player. I mean, DeLon's tricked a lot of defenders in his time. We, I, one of my favorite players to watch uh, back in the day when he was with the Raptors. But definitely got Grady there a couple times. But, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, overall, he looked great. And it, caught, it was a great cause for enthusiasm. You, you know, him going head-to-head against Corey Kispert, I loved it. I mean, I thought he played much better than Corey. Um, and, you know, I think Corey is, is stronger right now, um, but he, he doesn't have the size that Grady does. And Corey Kispert was a guy who was a very successful collegiate player, and he's an older, uh, you know, prospect and probably closer to contributing. But when you look at the upside and, and sort of the, the trajectory, for example, not to just compare two random white shooting guards, but like, yeah, I mean, Grady definitely has more ability to sort of extend his game in a way that Corey just does not have. I mean, the, the way the Raptors went at Corey defensively uh, was, was well, I mean, I was going to say kind of sad, but also very expected. And then, yeah, Malachi himself. I mean, I know he had a tough game against the Bulls, and, you know, I covered sort of what that looked like, and, you know, it was a struggle. Today, you know, he bounced back, and it was great. You know, 20 minutes coming off that bench, you know, um, protected the ball well, didn't turn the ball over, committed a couple fouls, whatever it is what it is. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, like got to the rim, um, which by the way, he had a nasty move where he went to the rim, showed it with the right and then switched it midair with the left and then flipped it reverse going to the hoop. Like, wow, that is that was some skill. And sometimes you forget that um, that Malachi is from from Seattle and Seattle obviously has. I mean, in terms of pure hoopers per capita, Seattle is definitely Seattle, Washington is definitely the place for we're talking about like, you know, I mean. Yeah, just look up some some hoopers from Seattle. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, Malachi showed us a little bit of that 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 kind of like extra bit of flair and that extra kind of skill. Um, knocking down a three was also very huge. Obviously, that's going to come and go. You know, in terms of like if he's going to shoot a lot of his shots from three, well, then he's going to have a lot of variable results with the shooting performances overall. Just as the nature of his game. But I thought he did a decent job and, and pushed the pace and, and did a good job defensively. So it was a nice little bounce back game from him. And arguably, he had one of the highlights of the night with that little switch hand layup. That was that was beautiful. Um, and then, yeah, Javon, I mean, I think it's a great sign for him that out of all the third unit guys, he was the one who got minutes, right? He got, he was there. He played almost the entire fourth quarter. And I think he did a good job with those. Um, you know, he's he's been good three straight games now off that bench. And um, today was a lot of offensive rebounding. Again, just finding ways to be effective even when he doesn't have the ball much as a guard. Like on ball, I, don't, I think he maybe got one layup out of it. But that's not his role, and I don't think that's sort of necessarily even just looking at his skill set. That's uh, that's that's all that great. But like, yeah, I mean, today he was able to get on the offensive glass um, a couple of times, and the first time he was able to find Grady for that three. Second time he was able to get the rebound and then sort of you know, spin three sixty, and then was able to finish uh, the putback after he realized he was open. Had another tip out, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's just been able to use his athleticism, you know, use his pace, use his quickness. This is a length to. Um, him as like a smaller guard there's definitely he's definitely a plus athlete and you know I mean the threes even just watching him so, so far warming up it hasn't really been like that efficient for him um, today he had an open corner three but he airballed it by about a foot and he shot it long so you know like there's definitely uh, obviously like this is not a perfect player we're talking about a man on a two-way but still you know like out of all the guys he's ahead of the other guys let's just say that right you know we didn't see Muhammad Gay come into the game today unfortunately we didn't see much of Marquise Noel and even when he did come into the game he didn't really do much of uh, much you know didn't I guess didn't really have much of a chance to um Jeff Down who I know a lot of people have been calling for didn't even get into the game I mean I think the writing's clearly on the wall um Thad Young you know didn't get into this game but you know Javon's able to come in for 11 minutes that's a really good sign that means the coaching staff really wants a good look at him um you know, sort of before they, they make any of these sort of decisions. And I thought he was going to be safe anyway, but, I mean, still, you can never really be sure, uh, especially in a preseason kind of setting where, you know, you are competing for spots. So, overall, just everyone looked really nice and, and promising. Like, I, I, again, like, after the Raptors were down nine, after the first five minutes, the Raptors go on and win the rest of the game by 40, by 45 <laughs> the rest of the way. And I know, it's just the Wizards, and it's not like the Wizards are playing even that badly. Like, the Wizards, I like some of their talent, like, you know, some of it makes sense together. Some of it doesn't. I thought, uh, you know, Tyus Jones had a couple of really tough finishes in the lane. I mean, the Raptors contested him well. He was able to finish decently. Um, you know, DeLon was able to have a hot start, and he kind of cooled off. Um, you know, Eugene Omarui, the kid from Rexdale, came in in the fourth quarter and got a whole bunch of energy buckets. I was so happy for him. 16 points in 12 minutes. It's actually very similar to what he did when he was OKC last season against the Raptors, where the Raptors lost in OKC. That was a tough game, and Eugene was a big part of why it was tough. Um, you know, Bilal has some great length and I could definitely see the potential there, but he's like 18 years old and offensively, he's just not a good three point shooter right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose they didn't play some of their main guys like, 
Kyle Kuzma and Landry Shamit and but I mean like come on that wasn't really going to do much I really don't think so like the Raptors just especially against smaller teams like this they're going to use their length and especially if Scotty is able to play with this kind of aggression like changes the whole ball game for the whole team you know what I mean like it, it just does so much but I do think there's another level for the Raptors to reach like uh, you know even though they won tonight like there's a lot of errors that they can clean up on right again like defensively I thought Pascal was overhelping a little bit like you got to get out of that Nick Nurse mindset stay closer to your man and let guards guard one-on-one a little bit more Right. I thought OG, you know, him forcing the offense, the ball kind of dies in his hands. You know, I like when he's moving it better. And I thought to his credit, he did have four assists and he didn't move the ball better over the rest of the game. But start of the game, you know, a lot of those possessions, I'm like, these are not good ideas. It's not point five basketball, even if he is does have a mismatch. You know, I do think for for Yak, he started the game slowly, could have contested a little bit better. You saw Darko coming in some conversations as he first came out of the game. It kind of like they had a discussion. And then I thought, you know, Yak could play much better the rest of the way. That could just be like him catching up to the speed of the game after getting a little sick uh, this past week. And then even Dennis, you know, there's a play where I, I feel bad for Dennis. He got he got some bad calls today, including one uh, where he was taking a he was he was he was just setting a screen and he got completely trucked by the Wizards player and whether you want to say it was like a moving screen or not moving screen or late or not late, whatever, man. But he got completely trucked. Like, he got steamrolled by a much bigger player. Obviously, Dennis Shorter. And so he ate a shoulder to the to the face. And, and he stayed down for about, like, 10, 15 seconds before he got up. But it was an offensive foul on him somehow. I don't know if it was a moving screen. But I really do think that, regardless, it's a lot of punishment to take. And then he came out of the game at that point because he had four fouls. I think it was early in the third quarter, maybe even the first half. And Dennis was pretty pissed. And he actually, instead of going to sit with the rest of the bench, he actually just sat in sort of those Drake seats, which are kind of like one section over. Um, and at one, and it was maybe only for like a minute, but Darko went over, and, and this is during live play, Darko went over and kind of spoke to him a little bit. And then, you know, eventually, um, it was not eventually, it was like a maybe like 10, 15 second conversation, then Darko went to rejoin the team. And whatever. Or Dennis wants to rejoin the team. And Dennis is a great teammate. Like he, he's he's celebrating with the team. You know, you saw Grady Dick, for example, after one of his four threes, do the uh, you know D'Angelo Russell ice in the main celebration that the Lakers all used to do. And they probably still all do it. Like basically, you know, you wake up, you know, like new Austin Reeves just dropped because you know Dennis had a great relationship with Austin. So like he is celebrating with the guys. He was still making from great plays. You know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean. It, I think there's another level. There's another. There's more to get from Dennis. I think there's. I think he's sort of still not even up to speed. I'm not trying to make any excuses for him, but I do think that Dennis is better than what we show uh, here tonight. And yeah, I mean, you know, there's 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 mistakes that they can sort of iron out. But this is a good team, and their style of play is pretty distinct. Um, and again, if Scotty is making this leap right now in real time, and hopefully his ankle is, is okay, and we'll get some updates right now. Actually, let me just check the timeline because it's it's been long enough where. I'm sure Darko has already spoke to the press so far. Darko says, yeah, he believes Barnes is fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's excellent. That's excellent to see. So, actually, one thing I wanted to note, too, because someone actually brought this up on uh, social. So, I wanted to credit this person. This person's name is Stephen Clark. So, shouts to him. But he said, topic for a future pod if this trend holds up. But it appears on TV, at least, that the Raptors are complaining less or less enthusiastically to the refs. Definitely from the coach. And, um, yeah, I mean, what I noticed is just Darko hasn't really used his challenge as much. I, someone said they used one challenge last game. I, I, I'm sorry. I actually don't remember that he challenged to play in the Bulls game. Uh, I guess it wasn't mentioned in the broadcast. But if, still, we're talking about one challenge in four games. And we're talking about this year where um, the new rules are if you do challenge successfully, you get to keep your challenge. 
So you should be more enthusiastically challenged, or at least you should have more challenges because you have more than one per game now. The fact that he hasn't made, he's only made one challenge in four games, like, like this is, I, I mean, even watching the conversations, he hasn't really pressed the referees about anything. And granted, like, it's preseason, there's no pressure, um, and his teams are always winning right now. Like, there's no real reason to be getting up in referees' faces or whatever. But at the same time, like, I think there's a general calm that, like, especially when you notice the absence of what Nick's approach was towards uh, challenging, like, and 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 sort of com, um, complaining, like we saw Nick, you know, bro. Nick was doing things like making a challenge. Like there was a game where against the Bulls, where I don't know what happened. I think Demar made a drive to the rim and got got a foul call. Nick challenged the play like the first minute and a half of the game. You know what I mean? And obviously we saw him sort of like get himself all red, screaming the guys. So like it is definitely a different approach. Who's to say what's better? Maybe you say you want to advocate for your players, or maybe you want to say you want to give the referees a better, nicer treatment. Maybe butter them up, but. Ultimately, like, his approach has been more calm. Even today, for example, the only time I really saw Darko complaining was in the first half. Pascal went to the basket, and, and I think he um, didn't get a foul call. And I think it was pretty clear that uh, he should have got the foul call. Like, I think Pascal had a case. And Darko t- t- took up the cause and, 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 you know, talked to the ref for 30 seconds. But it wasn't, like, no, like, screaming in your face, any sort of wild stuff, right? So I think there is a bit of a calmer approach from from the coach. But again, like in, you know, it's preseason, it's hard to judge. If you're getting if you're losing your stuff in preseason, like you might really have some issues uh, in terms of emotional management. So, uh anyway, let's just wrap up the the show today. Your three stars from tonight's performance. I'm going to give the first guy to Scotty, obviously 23 points, 6 rebounds, including four offensive, 10 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, uh one assist, but it felt like he had more and two blocks. I mean, he was just up and down the floor, quick, strong, athletic active like it's it's not even like a huge skill jump it's just like the mentality is just the energy is just different it's just different and so much of the game just comes down to that alone right i don't need to see him come in and and have a pull-up package or like you know he's crossing guys up and putting guys on the floor like just scotty playing with sheer force more often alone is going to get him to a different level and he's doing that right now um so that's great to see your second star um honestly a little tough for me because I'm like, I could see Pascal getting the case here, but I, I think, you know, okay, I'll give it to Pascal. I'll give it to Pascal. I mean, objectively, he was the second best player tonight. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 to 16 shooting, 5 to 7 from the three, uh, foul line, 0 for 3 from 3, but, you know, he's been shooting them well, especially from the corners. He's, he's stringing together lots and lots of makes, especially in warm-ups, which wasn't necessarily the case last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like Pascal was like, you know, I thought OG after a slow start was able to really catch up and, and play really well, and he did a great job defensively. So I guess I'll give him the third star. But like, lots of players played well tonight, man. You could have given to to a number of players, but uh, yeah, those are your three stars: Scotty, Pascal, OG. I mean, damn, if we have some variation of those three being your best three every game, like we're gonna win a lot of games. We're gonna win a lot of games. Like that's a real advantage, man. It's a real advantage. And then your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, I'm gonna give that to. Yeah, we'll give it to Eugene. Let's give it to Eugene Omarui. Shouts to the Rexdale kid. I know it's gonna be a uh, well. Actually, I don't want to tease it, so never mind. But uh, you know, he's just it's just you know I'm rooting for him. Obviously, Any, anybody from from Canada, especially from Rexdale, I'm gonna root for him. And um, I'm not totally sure what the situation is with the Wizards, but I mean, this is a it's a team where he should get a lot of minutes. His activity, his energy was great. I'm sure, he had friends and family in the crowd as well. So. Um, <laughs> To quote Bobby Webster when he drafted Delano Banton, uh, shout out to Rex, though. Um, but also shout out to everybody who's ever taken the 46, uh, Martin Grove. 
all the way to the top. So anyway, th- that does it for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe. We're going to have the weekend off. And then, yeah, you know, we're going to come back Monday to Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. We got Blake Murphy joining the Raptor show first week in the books, you know, and uh, let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know, you know, what's changed. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what's improved. Got lots of interviews coming up for you. Um, you know, don't want to count our chickens, essentially, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, should be another huge exclusive interview coming up on the show next week uh, with somebody who really likes Servapi. So you can figure what that is, uh, what that means. <laughs> um, but, yeah, seriously, very excited for the season. Um, and hopefully they continue uh, this into the regular season as well. As I'm looking down right now, I'm seeing Christian Coloco, you know, dap up a whole bunch of people down low. Uh, he seems really happy I'm just coming out to talk to the, you know, a, a bunch of people in the uh, empty crowd here. So that's always good to see. Hopefully he's OK. Um, and hopefully we get to see him on the court at some point. Um, but uh, obviously health comes first, but he does look to be in a really good mood right now. So thanks for listening. Great review, subscribe and have a great weekend.